want to be a radical for Jesus? Well, this is Pastor David, host of Restoring Your Voice, and that's what this show is geared toward. Geared toward everyday Christians to equip you for the good works of Jesus and live out your faith radically. And I hope you enjoy this episode of Restoring, Restoring Your Voice. Alrighty then. Welcome everybody to this episode of Restoring Your Voice with me, your host, Pastor David. It is an honor and privilege to be able to be with you here on this Monday, the 30th of January, 2023. So if you don't, if you haven't gotten that, we're in 2023 already. Wow. Can you believe it? So um, got a great show today. I'm really, I know I titled it that the gifts of the spirit are essential, but I'm not talking about just the gifts today. I'm talking about also the callings. So the gifts and callings, some may call uh, these callings listed in Ephesians chapter 4, the fivefold ministry. I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm not going to get hung up on uh, terminology. But I want to talk to you today about this. Now, if you have any questions about the gifts of the Spirit, callings, prophets, apostles today, objections even so i'm willing to to answer uh, any objections you have then go ahead put them in the chat and i will do my best to uh, answer your questions or talk about your objections because i realize there may be people watching who don't hold they hold to uh, what is called cessationism now if you don't know what cessationism is that is the belief that the gifts of the holy spirit and the calling so uh, apostles and prophets mainly ceased um and uh, mainly they they say the term seized uh, in reference to the closing of the canon. That's the one I know about. Um, so, so, so that's, that's the belief. Sensationism is, is, sensationism is that belief. Now, remember, like I said, if you have any questions on the gifts of the spirit, any objections to what I say, uh, please put them in that chat and I'll, and I will uh, do my best to, to answer any objections or questions you may have regarding these things. But I firmly believe that the gifts never ceased, okay? I firmly believe that there are still apostles and prophets today. Now, why, why do I believe that? Because I'm a charismatic? No, because the Bible tells me so. And not a single scripture tells me explicitly. In other words, when I, when I use the word explicitly, I don't necessarily mean um, modern words that we use today. I don't um, necessarily mean that, but in other words, it's a plain meaning. When I so when I use that word explicitly, and you've probably heard me say it before, and I'll say it numerous times again. When I, that, in other words, it's the plain meaning of the text. So, in other words, can I find the Trinity? The Trinity, the word is not in the in the Bible, but you can find the Trinity in the Bible uh, just from the very plain meaning of the text. Right? You don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to have a special degree. Uh, so, I'm not trying to be legalistic or, or things about that. You know, some people say, well, sola scriptura is not mentioned in the Bible. Well, no, of course that Latin phrase is not mentioned because the Bible language is not Latin, but you will find the Bible supporting scripture alone throughout the text, for instance. So just trying to give you a, a, what I mean by explicit texts, just a very plain meaning of the text. Now, yes, I, I believe in Sola Scriptura. I do believe in Scripture alone. And that's why I believe that they have continued today. Okay? And I, um, they haven't ceased. Why? Because the Scriptures tell us when they will cease in very plain meaning in Ephesians chapter 4 versus Ephesians chapter 13, which the Satanists like to use. Um, they say, well, when that has perfect has come, 
And they, and they said, well, these will cease. Well, it also mentions in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 that knowledge will cease. I'm pretty sure that knowledge has yet to cease yet, right? And we're still learning, right? We, we, we learn many different things. Um, there, there's plenty of knowledge being poured out through through various means. It's just me here um, talking to you right now is is knowledge is pouring doing my best to pour out knowledge to you so knowledge hasn't ceased right uh also in uh, ephesians chapter 4 and we're going to unpack this more uh where it talks about apostles prophets um let me just get the order make sure i'm saying this correctly um yeah apostles prophets evangelists shepherds and teachers right so cessationists will say um there are no prophets and apostles today but why are we divorcing apostles and prophets from pastors, right? Why are we doing that? It doesn't, it's listed together. So apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers, right? Shepherds, we call pastors today. Um, and, and they're all listed together, right? And no, nothing in the Bible separates the apostles and prophets from the evangelist, the shepherds, and the teachers. Now, like I said, if you have any objections to, to what I say um, about this, then please, this is your chance in the chat to air them. And I'll be more than one, because I, I know there are common other, other objections that I haven't talked about um, that are out there about, uh, in other words, we lay no other foundation, we don't lay a foundation upon and, and all of that. So so if, if that's your objection or others, then, then please, please, by all means, I'm, willing to dialogue about this. But my main point is, is that these are essential. Now, I, I've talked about this before, um, a while back, and I don't remember exactly when, that, that these are essential, and that not believing that these are for today is a believer. So I don't want to say that not believing um, in the gifts of the Spirit for today are, is heresy. I'm not, I'm not going to say that um, because it's not. So you might disagree. Well, it's heresy. Well, I don't agree with you. Um, but they are essential. So so not believing in the gifts of the Spirit is a Christian walking around like one arm tied behind their back, right? We need both arms to fight with, to do lots of things with, right? You know, the Bible says we wrestle against prison pal. We don't fight against uh, flesh and blood. We wrestle against these spiritual dark forces, right? Well, how can we do that with one arm tied behind our back? I mean, your, your hardest core cessationists don't even believe in casting out demons, yet Jesus himself commanded that to happen. How, how is that? So because of the sufficiency, the sufficiency of Scripture, and I'm going to say, I'm going to be blunt when I say this, okay, that cessationists are being dishonest with the Bible and church history. We'll get to that in a second. When, when they disbelieve that the gifts of, of the Spirit and the callings are for today. They're just being dishonest. Now, I'm not saying it's a deliberate dishonesty, right? A, a, a de deliberate deception. But I must clearly point out that, that cessationists that know what the Bible says, that study the Bible, are being dishonest. Okay? They are walking in deception. Okay? And, and it grieves me when I, when I see this. Now, let me also pause and let me throw some grace out there that some people may say that they're cessationists, but we're just using different language, right? So in other words, somebody says, oh, I, I, I'm a cessationist, 
but they believe that God has guided them throughout their life in different ways. Maybe while I was driving and I, and I really felt like not to go that way today. Right. And then later on, uh, they learned that there was a horrible accident uh, in the area at that time that they were going to drive through, but they felt led not to do that. See, that's what I mean. So, so I want to make room for grace when I'm talking about this. So when I say, when I'm, when I'm using the term today, cessationist, I'm talking about those <coughs> that no matter how you say it, no matter how you spin it, no matter how we explain, no matter how we try to dialogue, we are not going to come into any type of agreement that the gifts of the spirit are for today. Or I should say, we're not going to agree that I'm not going to agree with them on that point. And they're not going to agree with me that they are for today in any way, shape or form. Yet the Bible makes it abundantly clear. That's why I say they are essential, that they're listed in the Bible. They're, they're listed um, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, for instance, right? Paul here is talking spe uh, specifically to a, a church body in Corinth, right? And I know the background. He, he's writing to them um, because they need to know that that not one gift is, is greater than the other and how to orderly do it because they were they were completely doing it um, out of order, you know, that they were speaking in tongues in church um, without an interpreter present, right? Um, things like that, much of what we see um, in the charismatic circles today. So he, he warns them against uh, doing such a thing in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Um, thing, things are, sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Um, he, he talks about prophecy. He talks about this at the uh, end of First uh, Corinthians chapter 12, what a wonderful, powerful gift um, that prophecy is. And yet there are those who would deny that it exists today. Huh. Yet, let me just, before I go further, let me just, just list off the gifts that, that Paul um, mentions here in First Corinthians uh, chapter 12 here. Um, and he talks about you know, we we we're, we all have different gifts, right? But the same spirit here, he goes on to unpack it. And I urge you, if you haven't really studied um, chap, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, chapters 12, 13, and 14, I, I, that you should, okay? And, I, and if you want, I can recommend a wonderful companion commentary to, to go along with this. Um, but he talks about here, right in the beginning, um, Chapter first uh, seven, chapter twelve. To each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. Okay, for to one is given through the spirit, the Holy Spirit, right? God, the Holy Spirit, the utterance of wisdom. To another, the utterance of knowledge according to the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. So your translations might say the discernment of spirits, right? So this is not a gift of discernment, by the way. So the gift of discernment, as people might say, is actually not listed in the Bible. It's the gift of discernment of spirits. To another, various kind of tongues. To another, interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. So we see here clearly that these gifts listed are given by the Holy Spirit, are given by God, the Holy Spirit, um, to the to the to the church, right? Now it also unpacks here that 
not everybody gets the same gift, but it's as the Holy Spirit will. So, for instance, uh, you'll you'll hear many times um, that the gifts of tongues is a sign of salvation, or the gifts of tongues, depending on you know if you go into the really hyper Pentecostal circles, um, that they believe that you're not saved unless you have the gift of tongues, or or others believe that the gift of tongues is a sign of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yet that's not true, right? Um, we see here uh, some. Some get these gifts. I just want to make that clear. I, I, I'm not a believer. Um, and if you have a question on this, on the gift of tongues, please, by all means, put it in the chat. Um, I, I don't believe that that tongues is the sign of the baptism of the Holy Spirit at all. I, I don't hold to that because, again, the plain reading of the text. Right? I'm a simple guy. And, and, and I've said it before that the, the scriptures are, are made, are written for the common person. Right? Not for the person who went to... X seminary or Y Bible college and got X, Y, Z degree, right? Um, it's not, it's, it's for you and for me, right? And if we're truly dependent upon the Holy spirit, then the Holy spirit will lead us in all truth about what the scriptures tell us. Right. And so far that I listed, uh, the gifts that Paul doesn't say that they will cease. Okay. He doesn't give a time frame. um, it currently for, for when they cease. And so these gifts are essential. And, and like I said, you can read um, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 to see what Paul writes about how these are essential. Now you say, well, those are just that. What about the rest? Oh, sure. So, so the callings, um, and I believe we could throw in the gifts in here, but here in Ephesians chapter 4, um, starting in verse 11, and he, right, talking about Jesus, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers, right? Now, here we come to the crux, why these are essential. To equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Now, so far, you may say, well, you haven't proved to me that they're for today, that they have, that, that they have not ceased. Well, so glad that you asked that question, right? So continuing on, verse 15, rather speaking the truth and love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is headed into Christ from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint, which it is equipped when each part is working properly to make the body grow so that it builds up, uh, build itself up in love. Okay. So it talks about until, so you could, so verse 13 to equip the saints for the good work until, until we all attain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manner. So the fact that I'm doing this episode here on the gifts of the Spirit goes to show that we have not yet attained the unity of the faith. Right? That, that there are those of us who are in disagreement, right? So you have the cessationists on one side, right, who believe, who, who believe that they have ceased. You have people like me on this side, continuationists, who hold to all Scripture, that believe they are for today already right there we have not attained unity of the faith right never mind that the different 
uh, denominations out there. Why why did they come about? Because because we have not attained unity. I mean, just look at, and I'm not dinging any one denomination, by the way, but you have different Baptists. You have you have the fundam, uh, independent fundamentalist Baptists. You have the 1689 confessional Baptists, right? And, and and so on and go and so so it goes. Well, why do we have all these? Because we disagree in, in certain things. And therefore, we have not yet attained the unity of the faith. So, so that's why I, I say, based off of the scriptures, um, that cessationists are, are well, we'll put it this way, ill-equipped for the good works of Christ. I said, I know many who go out there and evangelize. Okay. I know many out there who, 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 who preach great messages from the pulpit. Okay. But what else? What else are, are they helping um, edify others, right? They, uh, do they give prophecy to other people? Do they give words of knowledge to other people? I, I, and now I'm speaking as somebody who has been a recipient of prophecy, right? Um, and who has also given out prophetic words to people. I'm not, you know, toot my own horn and I'm not going to say exactly what I've said. But first, I, without asking, by the way, without asking, I have personally received prophetic words that helped to guide me and shape me along the way. I, I've done these things. I, I've received. I didn't ask, by the way. Right? I didn't say anybody. I say, hey, I need a word. I don't know what to do. Should I do this? No. Just, just spur the moment. Right. Received it uh, in, in my email from a wonderful brother in the Lord uh, on a couple of occasions. And so, you know, okay, maybe I should go here. Maybe I should do that more. Okay, now maybe it's time to shift my focus to this. What a wonderful gift. What, what a wonderful way of equipping me for the good works of, of, of the saints, right? So many of your translations you might read might say that for the good works. Right? I, I read from, I'm reading from the ESV, the English Standard Version right now. Uh, so they are essential. Notice, notice, notice the emphasis here. That, that Paul writes um, here in this letter to the Ephesians, right? To the to equip for what? For the work of ministry, for building up. Why? So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by everyone of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. So, yes, not all, but cessationists are carried away by because they don't believe in the gifts of the spirit they don't believe in prophets and apostles for today are what carried away by the wind of doctrine of cessationism which is not in the bible anywhere now now um like i said if you have any objections please by all means put them in the chat but but you say well what about what about first corinthians 13 i i i think that clearly says that they will cease Okay, then, uh, let's go take a look there. Um, ah, so verse 8, as for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. Like I said, has knowledge passed away yet? Are, are, you, are you done learning? I hope not. Am I done learning? Most certainly not. Am, 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 am I ever going to stop? having to learn, having to attain more knowledge? 
No, not until not until I get to meet Jesus face to face. I, speaking of myself, and I hope it's your attitude as well, will never stop learning. We'll never stop attaining more knowledge. So to say that, well, this clearly says that that the gifts have ceased, that prophecy doesn't happen today, that tongues don't happen today, it's just blatantly false. Okay, it's just blatantly being dishonest by 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 cutting away parts of scripture. It's it, it's what it is. It's dishonesty. Then people will say, well, that it means the closing of the canon. Okay, what about that argument there? What about that? That when the canon closed, right? Which is is in and of itself a a very fallible argument, by the way, because you're thinking, well, well, which canon are we talking about here? Are we talking about the functioning canon in the first century? In other words, when Paul's letters were circulating around at that time, they were being um, used as holy inspired scripture of the time. Okay, are we talking about when are, are we talking about after John wrote the book of Revelation in approximately 90 AD, which most scholars agree is when the, the book of Revelation was written? Are, are we talking about then? Are, are we talking about maybe when the canon was codified more? Because there, you know, Revelation, by the way, if you don't know, was one of the books that, that was mulled over whether it should be accepted as scripture. Eventually, we know that it was. So, so right there, we have a very weak argument for the closing of the canon, right? Okay, so we, we have that there. But, but what about church history? See, by the way, this is why I think it's important for all Christians to study church history, by the way. Okay, so we come to a man, and I'm, I don't know exactly how to pronounce his name, so you have to forgive me, Irenaeus or Irenaeus. I think it's pronounced Irenaeus. So who was Irenaeus? So, so it was John the Apostle, then Polycarp. So Polycarp was John's disciple. And then we have Irenaeus, who was Polycarp's disciple. So we have this immediate line of succession of, of disciples. Okay. I would even call Irenaeus, by the way, apostolic. So, by the way, so what does he have to say about all of this? Now, by the way, let me pause and say, I'm not, I wasn't looking and I don't do, I don't look for, somebody from church history or who wrote something to back up what I say. Okay. My, my, my test of truth is the scripture and the scripture alone. So like I said, put in your questions uh, and objections in, in this about the gifts of the spirit. Hey, welcome Nikki. So glad you could join us. So, so go ahead. If you have any questions on the gifts of the spirit at all, prophecy, tongues, knowledge, healing, faith, whatever, or you disagree with what I say, then go ahead, put it in the chat and we'll, uh, we'll talk about it. Um, but, but, Coming to Irenaeus, okay? Now, Irenaeus lived uh, in, in, he was born in the mid-2nd century and lived uh, till the late 2nd century. So now, why am, I, why am I making that point? Because, like I said, after the 1st century, this is what cessationists say, the gift ceased. Okay, well, let, let's read Irenaeus here. And I'm going to read from... Um, this thing is his writings called um, against heresies. And this is uh, in case you're wondering, I'm reading in um, book five. Um, so it, that's where it's broken up into uh, five different books and, and chapters within um, his book of uh, his writings of against heresies. 
Now, remember, I'm not calling cessationist heretics. That's not what I'm saying. Okay, Arrhenius was writing this specifically to confront Gnosticism, which was um, fully uh, her full heresy in his day, by the way. Just, just I, I want to make that point clear because I, I don't need people to think, well, you called them heretics or maybe you think they're heretics. I'm not saying that. Okay, that, that's, that's not what I'm saying. Okay, my page refreshed on me. Uh, ah, computer problem. I'll find it in a second. Let me just, that's why they make control F. Okay, so we have Irenaeus here actually specifically writing about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So let's hear what Irenaeus has to say about this. And I'm just trying to figure out where I want to start exactly. Um, let's see. Ah, we'll, we'll just start right in the middle. And you can read it for yourself, by the way. It's out there for free for you to read. Um, in fact, if you want to know where to go, I, where I, where I, one of the websites I got this from was uh, earlychristianwritings.com. Earlychristianwritings.com, by the way. So you can fact check me. I don't mind. Uh, see, for the perfect man consists in the commingling and the union of the soul receiving the spirit of the father and the admixture of that fleshly nature which was molded after the image of god for this reason does the apostle declare we speak wisdom among them that are perfect terming those persons perfect who have received the spirit of god continuing on and who through the spirit of god do speak in all languages and he used himself also to speak. When I say himself is speaking of, of God. In like manner, we do also hear many brethren in the church who possess, catch this, prophetic gifts. And who through the spirit speak all kinds of languages and bring to light for the general benefit of the hidden thing, uh, general benefit, the hidden things of men and declare, catch this part now, the mysteries of God whom also the apostle terms spiritual. They being spiritual because they partake of the spirit. Okay. Now, I, I know Irenaeus was, was specifically writing about this uh, to confront the uh, Gnostics of his day, which believed that our flesh was evil. Okay. That's what they believed. They're just giving you a really brief background of Gnosticism and what the Gnostics held to. So now, he, you know, he's writing here. I get that. But the point being is that even in the day of, of Irenaeus, the, prophet, the pro prophecy was flowing, that there were prophets in his day, that, that people had the gift of tongues in his day. Now, now remember I said, this is um, mid to late second century. So here it is, church history, right? Now, mind you, also Irenaeus came before Augustine of Hippo. Now, because why, why am I saying that? Because I know that, for much of Augustine's life, he denied the gifts of the Spirit. But by the way, let me pause and say that later in life, Augustine of Hippo recanted that and agreed that the gifts are for today. Now, the reason I just want to point that out is because Augustine lived in the 4th century versus Arrhenius, who lived in the 2nd century. So we have, first and foremost, the Bible, right? The scriptures that speak to the gifts and calling to the Spirit tells us when they will cease why they are essential today so so they did not cease at the closing of the canon right 
right? And these will go away once we attain the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And I guarantee this, humbly saying this of myself, that none of us on this earth has ever or ever will attain the knowledge of the Son of God and the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We will never attain that while we're on this earth. I guarantee it. They're all, though, though we should want to attain unity, I guarantee because we are human, because we are imperfect, we will not attain unity until when that which is perfect has come. All right, that which is perfect is not talking, it's not talking about the scriptures. I know the scriptures are perfect. I get it. They're infallible and errant. I do hold to that. But first Corinthians chapter 13 is specifically talking about Jesus as the perfect. Uh Nikki says that's why our creeds were made explicit to counter heresies. Exactly. 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 But the creeds don't really talk about the gifts of the spirit. Um uh, Council of Rome had to make explicit the canon because of this. Uh, they had to make uh, the canon also explicit. Hold on, let me let me get this correct in my head. Let me just. Um, I believe it is. Let me just point. I think it's Marcionism. Let me just double check it. Um, there's so many isms and heresies out there. It's hard for me. Um, yeah, I believe so. Let me just double check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah, Marcionism. In case, in case just to answer this question, as as a system, you know, it comes from the name uh, Marcion, who only accepted uh, some of the scripture, what he wanted, and discarded the rest of scripture. In case you're wondering, real quick, brief overview of Marcionism um, and all of that. And I kind of, I, I know it's not exactly, but I believe that. And I'm just going to say it, cessationism really does border on Marcionism. Not that it's called books of the Bible, but as I've clearly shown to you from places like uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 9, where they say, well, clearly says, as for prophecies, they will cease. As for tongues, they will cease. But they, but they keep, but they don't, you know, they cut those out and pick them up for what they want to apply but even though it says, as for knowledge, it will pass away. Okay, well, knowledge hasn't passed away yet. So I, I think I think it, there's an application there to be had for for borderline bordering, getting too close for my comfort to to a form of, to a form of Marcionism. Uh, in other words, taking scriptures that we like and discarding the ones we don't like. And by the way, let me just pause and say that, that uh, I'm not picking on anybody at this point because. By the way, there are plenty who do that. Um, but they are essential. Think about it. Miracles still happen today and are essential, right? Healing of miracles. Now, just because it doesn't happen doesn't mean it ever stopped happening, right? I myself have been a recipient of miracles of healing, for instance, right? M you may not know, but I used to wear glasses. I, I used to wear bifocal um, lenses, by the way, and they had to be tinted. Um, they were tinted to try and prevent headaches. As you can see, I am not wearing glasses anymore. I can read perfectly just as well as anybody else. Praise God. 
I used to take, um, let's see, I gotta go down the list here. Let's see, I had one medication to manage my migraines. I had another medication when I got them. I had a self, uh, uh, an injection I took every 28 days of Jovi, by the way, to, to try and also prevent migraines. And I took Botox injections to try and manage my migraines. All of those. Yet, I have no migraines anymore. I take nothing for my migraines. I've not had a problem with migraines since God touched me, since he healed me. Okay, and oh, by the way, let me pause and say that me being healed was by given by a word of knowledge. Oh, check, check this, over a live stream I was watching. I talked about somebody who needed their eyesight, and I took it. I said, I know that's me. And I took off my glasses, and I went to go find the smallest thing I could read, which was a medication bottle, and I held it up close to my face, thinking I would need it close to read it. I actually pulled it back, and I was able to read it. Okay? So I, I've been the recipient of, 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 so now we have word of knowledge and healing together. Okay. I, I already talked about earlier how, how, I, how I received uh, prophecies about my life. Um, though I didn't ask for, for them, right. I, I didn't talk about it. I think uh, uh, some of those I didn't even know I needed, by the way. So there we go. So th there's that. So there's clearly evidence. Now you say, well, what, 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 we're not talking about when it doesn't happen. Okay. We're not talking about those false prophets that are out and about today on, on the Elijah streams and part of Destiny Image Publishing and all of that. I'm not talking about that. Okay. The false does not negate the true. Let me say that one more time for you. The false does not negate the true. Talk clear throughout the Bible, for instance, we are warned against false teachers. Does that mean there are no, no longer any more true teachers of the Bible because there's false teachers out there? Absolutely not. No different than there, there's so much credit, credit, credit card fraud out there, but I guarantee you still use credit cards. You know, there's been, um, you know, the reason the Secret Service was formed was actually not for a presidential uh, protection detail, but, but to um, confront counterfeit money. So counterfeiting, that's why the Secret Service was formed. That's their primary job, by the way, not pre presidential protection detail. So counterfeit money has been around for centuries, right? But I guarantee you still use money. Just, just pointing it out because just because there are false and counterfeit things out there does not mean that the true doesn't exist for our day. And, and we need these. Think, think about it. Um, Letting the Holy Spirit flow from the pulpit, for instance, right? So a pastor preaching from a pulpit, right? I know I myself have experienced this. That, that no, God, I thought, I mean, I'll tell you right from experience. Many times I I thought I, this is the direction God wanted me to go. Just for him to interrupt me. And by the way, it's happened Sunday mornings of all times, right? As I'm getting the slides ready. No, no, no. I need you to change that up. And, and I'm speaking from, from my experience anyways. Now, I'm not downgrade, just dismissing, dissing anybody who does, you know, a comprehensive notes. They type up a whole almost book to, for their notes during uh, uh, during each sermon. That's fine with them. But for me, like that boxed me down. I, I need the guidance of the Holy Spirit. I, I just need bullet points when I preach. And, and at times I didn't allow the Holy Spirit to flow. 
when, when I got bogged down with notes, it was a dry message. I mean, there may have been truth in it. I pray to God there was, but it was dry, right? It, it was it was a dry message. I didn't like that. It was no good. Right? I, I mean, I've given out words of knowledge while preaching. I pray that that they've touched people's lives, and I'm not bragging myself. It's all the Holy Spirit. Right? Um, um, there 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 have been true prophecies given about things that would come. You know, watch this when you see this, or just in our in our day alone. And sure enough, they've come to pass. So there is true out there, but we need it. Paul didn't Paul never said, well, well, don't worry about that. In fact, going back to 1 Corinthians, Paul actually elevates the gift of prophecy. Not that it's better, but that we should all earnestly desire to prophesy. Why? Because he talks about this. I know I'm paraphrasing. It builds up. It, it, it equips it. It not just uh, edifies, by the way. I know people say, well, I mean, you, you shouldn't say anything negative. No, no, no. Okay. P part of this is tearing down so things can be built up, by the way. Okay, let me just pause and say that. All right. We need to, we need to know uh, where we're going, walking in air. This is part of being equipped. Right. Maybe there are things in life we need to get rid of. Maybe maybe there are ways of doing things we, 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 we need to stop doing. And all that is part of the gift of prophecy. Right. By the way, the gift of prophecy. Yes, I know is foretelling. In other words, future events. But it goes beyond that. Right. In, uh, in Revelation uh, 1910, the gift of prophecy is the revelation of Jesus. Right. What does Jesus want of us? Maybe maybe we need a. a Somebody speaking under uh, a prophetic utterance to tell us, for instance, hey, you, you've all, if you want revival, you need to pray. If you want revival, you need repentance. If, if you want revival today, um, this, that, you know, stop with the church programs, you know, do that, whatever the case may be. Now, I'm telling you, I mean, oh, man, I, here it is. Talk about the utterance unction of the Holy Spirit right now. This, this is it right here. If we want to see revival, right? If we want to see people coming to God, if we want to see people coming back to God, then we then we need these gifts of the Spirit in full operation. We, we need the apostles to plant and build. We need the prophets to 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 gear to to guide and to steer us. We, we these are not optional. These are essential. The, the, the revival is not, I'm telling you, I'm going to just point it. Revival is not going to happen. It may be in your church, definitely, when you dismiss the gifts of the Spirit, when you don't allow the Holy Spirit to move, when you quench the Holy Spirit. And I mean, also, we see a warning in 1 Corinthians, or sorry, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I got Corinthians on my brain. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. It tells us, do, do not despise prophecy the bible tells us do not despise prophecy yet we have those who despise prophecy in clear disobedience of the scripture like i said cessationists are being dishonest with the scripture they're being dishonest with church history right and i know i read from Irenaeus, but there are plenty of other readings um second century and onward that talk about the gifts in operation then miracles healing etc 
So you can look all those up yourself. You know, don't don't be lazy. Do do the research, right? Don't don't go don't go don't go trying to study things with a confirmation bias. By the way, okay. Let me let me warn against that. Maybe you disagree, and, and oh, I'm telling you, just study. Put your bias aside. You know, what is confirmation bias? Is I am studying something, I am reading something, I am listening to a specific person, etc. Right, just to back up what I believe. When when that is not humility in the very least. That's pride. They are essential. We want to see move of God. We want to see people holy living, right? We want, I, I, I think that should all be our heart's cry. We want to see those return to Christ. In other words, those who left, but should return. By the way, yeah, I don't believe in once saved, always saved. We, we, we want to see that. I hope that's your heart cry too. Then, then we need men of God willing to operate under these gifts of the Holy Spirit to make it whole, make it so. Things like even the gift of tongues. You say, well, that's a known tongue. I don't hear that may happen very often. Well, the Bible doesn't just list a known tongue. It lists an unknown. It lists, Paul himself lists an unknown tongue. So, so what do I mean by that? And by the way, Paul makes it clear that when he prays in, in tongues, Right, his mind is fully engaged. Okay, I was just just reading briefly before this why he would write that because um, Philo, a, a Greek's, um, I don't, I'm getting the word wrong, but scholar, we'll just say use that word. Right, he he believed um, that under move of God that our mind was completely disengaged. But for instance, tongues, like I know, I, like. The Holy Spirit helps me to pray, like the Bible says. When we don't know what to pray, the Holy Spirit helps us, right? That's the benefit of the gift of tongues. And I'm not downing anybody if you don't have the gift of tongues. I don't think you have to have the gift of tongues. But I'm just saying that when I get to pray in the, with, with, with the gift of tongues, I know what I'm praying about, right? It, it's oftentimes that I'm at a loss for words and I don't know quite how to pray. I really want this to happen. I want to see healing happen. I want to see revival happen. I want to see things, but... But I'm grieved, maybe, or I'm overwhelmed, and maybe I'm just at a loss of words. But but I get the the gift of to pray in tongues, you know, this gift of God, and but I and then I know what I'm praying. But now I'm praying perfect prayers because now the Holy Spirit is praying through me. It's a wonderful gift, right? Just like if you have the gift of healing or you have uh, a word of wisdom, like what is that? What, what, what is the difference between a word of wisdom and, and, and knowledge, right? What, well, wisdom directs our courses, right? Knowledge we learn, but but wisdom actually directs the course of our life. Maybe, maybe you have that. Well, praise God. Maybe you have the gift of faith mentioned, right? In other words, in other words uh, why is this gift so essential? Because when quit looks good to a lot of people, right? You're the one of those people who don't quit. Right when when the battle gets fierce, when 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 things seem dry, when when the revival seems so far off, and and the times seem so absolutely dark, you're the person to press in. You're a person to to lead people toward God and say, "Don't give up. Keep pressing in." You're an initiator of revival with God working through you. See, I see what wonderful gifts and how often and how essential they are so there are you know other gifts and, and thing but they are absolutely essential and it's just dishonesty and deception to say that they ceased 
that that apostles and prophets are no longer for today. That these gifts of the spirit are no longer in operation. That's 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 horrible way to live in this. Your person is un, unequipped. You person may have all the knowledge in the world, may be very learned, may have been preaching for 50 years, 60 years, 70. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And oftentimes those people who are like that, lacking the gifts of the spirit, are some of the meanest and nastiest people I've ever met and never known and never seen. Regardless of, of they may unpack X scripture and X Bible and teaches the deep meaning. Oh, that's great and all. But where's the power of God in that? Where's the unction of God in their life? That's what I'm talking about here. It's essential. All right, if we want to see a true move of God, if we want to see people's lives changed, if we want to see change in our churches, in our homes, in our cities, in our classrooms, in our workplaces, you name it, then God gives us the gifts to be able to partake in that, to be able to initiate that, amen? In whatever way that takes, I'm not saying as a, each person has to be alike. I mean, you may be the person with the gift of tongues, for instance, and you're just able to pray and pray and pray in the gift of tongues. Well, your God is using you where you're at to, to initiate a move of God, to initiate revival where you're at, for example. You know, you don't have to be on a public platform to be mightily used of God. In fact, many people that God mightily moved through and used never saw a public platform. I know people like A.W. Tozer, did you know that he never he never had a book signings? Okay, he never had his books on his plate. He never promoted himself, for instance. Yet God moved him, uh, used him in a mighty way and is still using the writings and sermons of A.W. Tozer today. I don't know about you, but I've I've listened to a lot of his sermons, and wow. But I'm, the point is being, don't worry about whether you're known by men or not. Don't worry about that, because you're, if you're known by God, that's what matters, and God will use you in whatever way. Maybe maybe you'll never, maybe the great healing miracles that God works through you will never be known. Maybe this is in some far distant country. Maybe it's in a place where there's no internet. Well, who cares? Because God is still moving you to touch people's lives. That's what I'm talking about. That's the essentials. And it's just horrible, like I said, dishonest and deceptive to deny this, to, de to deny the very plain meaning of the text. Now, let me just close by saying about the plain meaning of the text is, in other words, it's, it should be easy for every person regardless of, of level of education, to be able to understand. I, I, I know um, people in South Africa or where my wife is from who can live it. It's wonderful. Why? Because they're... they're, they're, they're They're not so stuck up with head knowledge. Action issues. Okay. 
uh hopefully my connection is okay still but um i guess it's a good time to end and so with um with that we'll end the show so god willing um i will be with you tomorrow um and we'll we will if i'm able to be with you tomorrow we'll do the q a session on youtube only so you may be watching this from a different platform but i do a bible-based q a on my youtube channel only so you're wondering uh how to get a hold of how to get there simple uh, or should be on your screen right now and it's also linked in the description um david c mcguire head on over to the youtube channel you have bible questions i do my best to answer them so that's on tuesdays at 3 p.m central only on youtube so it's youtube exclusive so you got to go to my youtube channel to be able to to be able to um catch the um the live bible based q a um where you can ask your questions in a live chat anyway so it looks like connection issues were resolved but and it's what it is so anyway with that uh we'll end the show um be blessed everybody and god willing i will see you soon again Heaven, it's a